What community sounds like? Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show, B Cups. B Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to Season 6, Episode 2 of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the Wells Bro, all the way in Tampa, Florida, Mr. 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 Chris McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing great, Denny. Just, uh, just finishing up a long, long day of work today. And finally, glad to be sitting down and having a beer with you this evening. So, well, hey, I, I'm glad that uh, we are sitting down and having a beer together. I'm looking forward to our conversation. And you need to relax and let everything just unwind and have fun. Yeah, thank. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, we just got back from a road trip. Uh, I'll talk about that in our events section. But uh, we just rolled in, put up, you know, did a little barbecue before coming on, and uh, barbecued some beer brats. Actually, uh, boiled the the brats into with some uh, dogfish head, seventy five minute IPA. Okay. Uh, which is uh, yeah, you know, it's a good beer to boil to boil brats in, especially when it's uh, like ten month old beer. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw my check in. Uh, and on tap, but uh, I got four, four uh, six packs of 30, 35 minute IPA from my distributor friend that they're just giving mm-hmm. it away. And I said, you know, I, I like actually my favorite of the IPAs that, that Dogfish Head does is one twenty, right? No, it's the seventy five. Oh. <laughs> I know I'm the odd one. Everyone likes either one twenty or ninety. Uh, I like the seventy five. I think for me, it has the you know the best flavor to it. That I liked, I appreciate. I'll, I'll admit it. the uh, The sixty, the seventy five, the ninety—they're all very good. Yeah. Yeah, so it was one point. But I, I'm I'm drinking it, even though it's. I mean, literally, it was it was bottled on like eleven one two thousand eighteen. So I mean, this is some old beer. But it's cellared. It's cellared. It's cellared, <laughs> and um, it's not bad. It's it's. I mean, I'm trying to remember how different it is from the, the fresh stuff, because I haven't had the fresh stuff for a while. Uh, but for being that old, it definitely is not a, not bad. And I'm drinking it, but I thought, you know what? I can get rid of two of these, two of these bottles if I just uh, put it into a saucepan and boil up some brats in them. Uh, you know, add a good, and, and you know what? They really did add some good flavor to those brats, too. So good worked out well. Glad you're glad you're not having to waste that and you're putting it to some good use. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm still drinking them. I just thought I'd just speed it up by you know cooking with it too. Well, you're a better man than I. I don't know if I would have drank those. 
<laughs> it, it's actually holding up pretty well. I'm I'm shocked. Right. I mean, it is it is a bit a little bit oxi- oxidized. There is, I mean, some of that uh, that hoppiness is is kind of turned sweet, a little bit more sweet. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. I I don't know. After I get done with the with you know the second six pack, I might end up just cooking with the rest of it because I don't know if I can handle too much too much of this type of IPA. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, what's in your glass? Well, in my glass tonight, I'm actually drinking um, a beer from a state that you don't hear too much from. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska mm. is uh, is home of Zipline Brewing Company, and I'm drinking their Tropicality, their uh, 7.6% IPA. And on the, on the side of the bottle, it says, Journey into the Juicy Wilds of Mango, Pineapple, and Papaya, notes created by what's glare here created by a paradise of hops oh and i'm really enjoying this beer it's almost gone i'm enjoying it so much (laughs) and this was a 750 milliliter bottle oh nice i did start early you know i was getting notes and stuff together and i had to ship something off of ebay real quick and you know so you know it could be a good night well good good yeah yeah well what's in your glass well, I I mentioned I did a road trip, and I'll talk about the brewery in more details when we get to the event section. But as a little teaser, I'm drinking a Crowler, 32 ounces. I, I one-upped you. I, I one-upped you by yeah. going 32. <laughs> but I think mine is probably <laughs> less alcohol than yours, maybe. Mine's only 5.5% alcohol. But uh, I, I'm, I grabbed a Crowler on the way out of Jim Dandy Brewing on Sunday yesterday and Mm -hmm. i i didn't have a i I drank a few beers there and i i didn't get a chance to try this uh mike's breakfast oatmeal stout and i said i can't leave without at least taking a crowler home and drinking it you know at the comfort of my at my own house and that's what's nice about breweries that do crowlers is it makes it very easy to enjoy their beers outside of the brewery and especially if they don't do any other kind of uh, bottling or canning so I, I grabbed the crowler of it, and I'll tell you what, it's really good. Uh, 5.5% um, ABV. Yeah, see, it's already must be kicking, kicking in. Uh, <laughs> and it's 31 IBUs. And I, I want to read the description uh, from what they, they wrote in the description of this beer. It says, and again, this is called Mike's Breakfast Oatmeal Stout. And, and they say, this isn't your average Mike. The one who likes alcoholic lemonade. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Hmm. This is the Mike who likes to have his breakfast and drink it too. This is the Mike who spends his retirement visiting every brewery in Idaho. This is the Mike that likes his stouts thick, chewy, and full of flavor. Be like Mike. Hey, come on. I, I want like to be like Mike. <laughs> I am Mike, but I'm not retired yet. So, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty, uh, you know, I, one thing that they do is if you go to Jim Dandy Brewing on Untapped and you look at their beers, for most of the beers that they have entered in there, they have a description. And the description is like the one I just read. It's very uh, entertaining and, and descriptive, actually. Most of the times you're going to get an idea of what the beer is all about just by the you know by them adding these descriptions in there. So I'm going to read another one later in the show. But I thought I'd start off the show with a bang, uh, drinking this really, really well done oatmeal stout. I'll tell you, this is a, a nice, thick, uh, smooth, uh, thick and smooth and hearty 
oatmeal style. That that oatmeal really comes in the body. I really like that. And it's, you know, I've I've read some of the some of the people that uh, had had written descriptions of what of the beer, and they said it kind of uh, finishes sweet. I don't, I won't say it finishes sweet. I'm going to say it it has that it has a nice a bitter finish to it. Uh, kind of coming across with some of that dark dark malt. Uh, character that that roastiness in the finish not overly bitter but it does have a, a you know nice bitter finish and you can taste some of that almost coffee like i'm gonna say that maybe uh dark some dark chocolate uh you know kind of uh hinting at some coffee flavor in there and i'll tell you what i'm, I'm really enjoying this i haven't checked it in and untapped yet i'm gonna wait till i finish the show probably before i check in i did take a picture of my crowler and my glass and I'm going to enjoy it and I'll give it a nice rating at the end of the show. Thanks. All right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get on with the show, Chris, but before we do that, let's let everyone know what tap to craft is all about, because I know we have some new listeners out there because we've got a lot of people that by word of mouth is getting the podcast out there. I really appreciate that. So if you are new to Tap to Craft podcast, we are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to help all of you along in your craft beer journeys. And you're listening to episode 132, recording on Monday, August 12th, 2019. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the latest Beyond Beer or Malt Beverage or ready-to-drink beverage, the hard seltzer, or spiked seltzer, or boozy sparkling water, however you prefer your marketing terms. We're going to talk about this, this boozy sparkling water stuff. I think that's the, the, best, uh, the best description for it. Seltzer, hard seltzer, sparkling hard seltzer. seltzer. Yeah, whatever you yeah, want to call I, it. I'm going to stick with hard seltzer. Hard seltzer? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I mean, I like the, the boozy sparkling water. It's kind of, kind of weird. But hey, we'll go with I'm, hard seltzer. Yeah, let's, I'm sure we could come up with a lot of fun names for it too. <laughs> these are wait, these are all names that you get off different advertising for different right. people they're doing. They all call it something different, and that's what's confusing is that everyone kind of re- refers to this stuff as whatever you know that they you know their little cute little your little thing. And uh, I think spiked sel- or uh, hard seltzer is probably the best the best one to go with. So we'll go with hard seltzer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, you can count on some great conversation along the way from Chris and I. So let's get started with some conversation. Let's find out what our listeners are drinking according to Untap. Now, Chris, you're all prepared, right? I am all prepared. And you know what I did is I, I went in, uh, I just refreshed the screen uh, because earlier when, you know, when you and I were going to get on at uh, about 8.30ish or so, I had refreshed the screen and, you know, three or four more popped up. So oh. Wow, I'm I'm good to go, and, and I'm I'm starting from only four hours ago. Wow, is there that many because, people? <laughs> because um, my buddy Ryan Whedon back in Ohio, um, that boy's uh, been doing a lot of drinking in the past, uh, well, past twenty four hours it looks like, and he may be in and around uh, the North Carolina area because he's checking into a couple places. Uh, one place he's checking into is called. Uh, well, the 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 beer he's drinking is by a brewery called Dirtbag Ales, and Dirtbag Ales <laughs> is in uh, Hope Mills, North Carolina. So uh, that's kind of um, I want to say that's near like Charlotte, like the Triangle area. Okay. Um, 
I, I know some friends that were in like the 82nd Airborne in that area, and one one of them lived in Hope Mills, North Carolina. So um, hopefully they're putting out some good beer. So I didn't read through all of his because that's all I saw for the last 24 hours until we got to Mr. Jeff Seiler, oh, okay. who was drinking a Cleanse the Soul. I believe that's a double IPA because it just says Cleanse the Soul IIPA. Right. Uh, by Curahy Brewing Company, and he's at Curahy Brewing Company. He just writes very nice old school IPA, dank, hoppy, and tasty. He gave that one four caps. All right. Um, Amanda Argauer is drinking an Ignite the Cure by Ignite Brewing Company at Ignite Brewing Company, which is in Barberton, Ohio. And she writes weedy, tasty, three and three quarters caps on that one. Uh, Art Warcheck. Now, Art, again, a buddy of mine from Ohio, uh, he's checked into a lot of good stuff in the last couple of hours, and some of it's from 450 North Brewing Company, which Mm. I'm a little jealous of. Mm -hmm. I got to admit, I'm really jealous of. He's checking into Platinum Nuggets by (laughs) 450 (laughs) 450 North um, and gave this one four and a quarter caps on that with no notes. Kevin R. Gower is drinking a Cherry Blonde by Ignite Brewing Company. Guess where? At Ignite Brewing mm. Company. Uh, gave that one four caps. Is that, a, is, is that a, an Akron, Ohio brewery? Uh, Barberton, so just south of Akron. Okay. okay. Um, and Amanda is drinking Prost by Ignite Brewing Company. No notes or caps on that one. Mm. Uh, Jeff Seiler, again, is drinking in a Dorks of Hazard. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Now, with a, with a name like Dorks of Hazard, who do you think made this beer? Um, and I'll tell you, it's in Ohio. Dorks of Hazard in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, they I also, don't, I don't they know. also make another beer called Conky Dong. Oh, is it the... Uh, no, it's not that uh, Lord Hobo, is it? That's not no. back. That's in Pennsylvania, I think. No. no so wh- which a, one? Which one? This is Hoof Hearted. Oh, Hoof Hearted. Okay. Hoof Hearted. Uh, so the Dorks of Hazard by Hoof Hearted Brewing. He writes good stuff. Good stuff. Tropical and hoppy. Four caps on that one. The uh, the can art is a good one on this one. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I'm not even going to explain it to you. You have to look it up. Okay. But they always make some pretty good, uh, some pretty good stuff too. Kevin R. Gower drinking and ignite the lights uh, at Ignite Brewing Company. So you guys are putting in some work over there. Good for you guys. Uh, he writes lots of malts and honey flavors. I was looking for more spice than what was delivered. So three and a half caps on that one. Um, Kevin again drinking woman women <laughs> on the rise. <laughs> Whoa, man. Whoa, man. Uh, <laughs> Ignite Brewing Company. Uh, four and a quarter caps on that one. Uh, drinking also the Hef and Hoppy by Ignite. Three and a half caps. And Amanda Argauer is drinking Ignite Liberty at Ignite Brewing Company. Again, no notes or cap rating on there. Moving on up to Mr. Chad Lamasa. Mm. He is drinking the Trustafarian by Champion Brewing Company, and simply put, just says, Dank Indeed, <laughs> and uh, four and a quarter caps on that. Uh, Art Warcheck, checking into a 450 North beer that I really wish that I would have got a hold of, the Slushy XL Peach Ring, okay. um, and peach peaches is probably one of my favorite fruits and flavors and foods, and if you just mix that with beer, normally it's good. <laughs> 
Sometimes not so much, yeah. but he gave this one a four and a quarter cap rating uh, on that. Jeff Seiler, he's uh, he's putting in some work today too. Good for you, Jeff. Uh, drinking the Disco Ninja by oh, Revision yeah. Brewing. Oh, I've had that one. Yeah, and he writes great hazy revision. Enough said. That's right. Yeah, four caps on that one. Uh, Kevin Argauer. Kevin and Amanda, I, you guys have gone to not checking in at all, to checking in like it's your job. Yeah, they must. that must be their job. Must be their new job. Good. Well, good. <laughs> I, I'm jealous then. So Kevin is drinking a Mango Number no. 5 by Saucy Brew Works at Portage Lakes Brewing Company. Gave that one four and three quarters caps. And uh, he's drinking the uh, Gasuffa. Um, that's what I'm going with the uh, Oktoberfest lager by Fatheads Brewing. And he's also drinking that at Portage Lakes Brewing Company. Gave that one three and three quarters caps. Um, Art Warcheck again is drinking the passion fruit. Happy Ryan Heights. Go what? <laughs> <laughs> by little fish brewing company. Uh, he just writes, thanks boo. Uh, four caps on that one. Uh, and then there are some of my old check-ins. Kevin Argauer, again, drinking the Goza by Great Lakes Brewing Company. Uh, tasty, slightly salty, four and a quarter caps. And last but not least, Art Warcheck is drinking a slushy, juicy fruity by 450 North Brewing wow. Company. And just writes, has a lot of fruit juices, four and a quarter caps on that one. And that's yeah. it. That's what, that's what people are drinking today. All right. Woo. Okay. A lot of yeah, no more North. A lot of uh, ignite uh, brewing beers in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. I can't wait to find out where Kevin and Amanda end up. I mean, is is Akron their home for a while, or are they just there temporarily until they move on to their real home? Uh, I believe so. So okay. just, We're just hanging out. For, yeah, yeah. Hanging out with their with their pops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and good. then they then they're gonna be. House hunting in the south. That's the all south. I know. Oh, okay. So we're still waiting. We're waiting, waiting for that news of where they're going to be at. So I, I need to know where I need to make that next plane uh, ticket to, right? <laughs> yeah, Tampa first, Danny. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Uh, you've been chatting away with the uh, with all those beers. Let me let me get, let you get your mouth wet with uh, some beer, and I'm going to go talk about my my event that just happened this weekend, real quick. And then we can get on to your event, and then we can move on to our noteworthy beer. So, uh, we just got back from a wedding trip. We went to to uh, Island Park, Idaho, which is right on the uh, Wyoming Idaho border. And we had uh, my daughter's best friend uh, just got married, and my daughter Haley was the maid of honor. And of course, we're friends with the with the bride and groom. So we decided we wanted to go and watch the big event. So we drove all the way over to island park which was about it wasn't it ended up being about uh i don't know six seven hour drive not too bad in one day um well actually we drove there and then we drove back to pocatello after the wedding uh which was tiring it was a long day we we did a lot of driving but uh, the wedding was was really nice small uh very 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 well done we really enjoyed it we had a great time uh, and on the way there, we stopped at, you know, a brewery and, uh, and I'll, I'll say that I'm not going to mention much about it, but I will say that I, I was disappointed 
by a couple of breweries that one that I really enjoyed a lot and really looked forward to going there. And I, and we were looking forward to stopping there and, and having uh, some beers and, and some lunch before, you know, before we headed up further north. Uh, and uh, we were kind of disappointed. In fact, the last couple of times we were there, we were disappointed. And I, I'm afraid that, you know, things aren't looking good on the brewery front for a lot of, you know, a lot of these breweries that people really enjoyed. I think they might be going through some some changes, and that's sad because I really did enjoy this brewery, but the experience wasn't that good. Uh, so we'll see we'll see what happens. But we did stop there, uh, but then we came, went back to Pocatello, and we spent uh, uh, Sunday with uh, my daughter Haley, and we decided to go do brunch at Jim Dandy Brewing. Now, of course, this is the highlight of my beer drinking experience this weekend because, as I mentioned many times before, I love Jim Dandy Brewing. The beer is incredible, so good. But what's even also just as important is that the experience that you have while you're drinking your beer at the brewery is also incredible. Uh, it's just super nice, friendly people, great staff. You never have to ask for a beer because they're always coming by making sure that your glass is full. And if you want more beer, you're going to have the beer coming to you. So that's really, really awesome. So uh, it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon, too. We spent the day on the patio, which is which is nice. I love places that have outdoor spaces that you can just sit and drink and, and enjoy the good weather. Uh, and I'll tell you about the beer that uh, I'm going to go from, you know, my, the, the beer I really, really enjoyed. And that was their one-year beer. It's called One Year Beer. And guess what? It's a beer that was brewed to celebrate their first anniversary, which was just in in uh, July. And I gave this beer uh, a 4.5. Now, it's a, in, in my opinion, it's a fantastic juicy citrusy IPA, hazy IPA, um, or was it an IPA? So let me tell you, I, I mentioned to you earlier that at Jim Dandy, they usually put some pretty descriptive descriptions in their beer. So let me read the description as they describe it. It says, strong American pale ale or IPA. Doesn't matter. This beer is all about freedom. This pale ale is our most heavily dry hop beer to date, which gives loads of fantastic hop flavor and aroma without the lingering bitterness. And you know what? That is a pretty accurate description because there is a ton of hop aroma and flavor, citrusy goodness juicy citrusy goodness uh without that bitter finish it has a little bit of bitter you know it has a little bit of you know you're drinking an ipa or a pale but it's not like lingering you know harsh bitterness i i loved it i really enjoyed this beer so if you can get yourself to jim dandy and still get some of this beer while it's on tap i recommend you you go ahead and do it i i'm only disappointed that i didn't grab a crowler of this beer also i would have i, I really should have grabbed a crowler of this to go as well uh, really good so then I, I had I had their porter, which I really enjoy, and I also had another new beer, and it was this was uh, their haystack wheat, and I gave this beer a four and a quarter rating. It is it's described as an American wheat with rye, as nice and light summer wheat ale with hints of honey sweetness and a touch of rye spice, short and sweet, but pretty accurately describes this beer as well. I'll tell you what, this wheat beer was so drinkable and so refreshing. And it had a softness to it with the wheat. And it did have a, 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 a bit of sweetness, but not like too sweet from the honey. And the rice spiciness, 
almost almost can't pick it up, but it's it's there right in the finish. You can taste it in the finish. That little bit of rye spiciness that I can appreciate. And if you're not a fan of rye, don't worry. It's not overbearing, so you're not going to really you know get a big flavor of it. But it's just there in the, in the finish to give you a little bit of extra bang for your buck. Uh, I really like that beer. Uh, I love breweries that are doing some really innovative things with wheat beers because uh, I do enjoy wheat beers. And then we spent you know a few hours there, really had a great time. And as I go to leave uh, to pay my bill, I was very, very surprised and caught off guard when Haley, the uh, the owner, uh, you know hands you know hands me uh, my bill. And as I'm going through, I noticed the bill was like was not very much. I'm like, wait a minute, we drink a lot more than than this is uh, is showing. And I, I I looked in there and saw that she had added an advertising discount, a wow. pretty a pretty nice one. For, for us and I really I really felt uh, it felt nice uh, I didn't need I, I don't I don't like to, uh, to necessarily accept that that kind of stuff because I <laughs> I want to support the brewery right I want them to be successful but it also just it made me feel good that they appreciated the the good things that we have to say on the podcast so thank you Haley and Davis for uh, for your generosity and uh, providing that advertising. Uh, you know, discount. I really appreciate it. So thank you very much. And I, again, that was just a little icing on the cake to an awesome experience. And of course, my favorite Pocatello brewery. All right, Chris. So that was my fun event. What about you? Did you do anything fun? I did. So we had a little trip over to the east coast of Florida. And it's funny because I feel like that this was, I don't know, I feel like this was three weeks ago, but if it's yeah. been, I think it was three weeks ago, <laughs> quite a long time since you and I yeah. have recorded because of how we, uh, how our schedule was set yeah. up. Um, but we went over to, um, over towards Cape Canaveral and we had won tickets to go on a comedy boat cruise mm. that the boat was a floating casino. Um, and long story short, uh, the cruise kind of sucked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we got dinner and everything on, on the boat and, um, the comedy was this subpar. Um, so that's actually where I had, um, the sparkling cider that I, or the, spark, the sparkling or hard seltzer. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's where we had that. Was that what was that all they were offering on this? No, and they were they were offering you know um, they had a pretty wide variety at the bar as far as maybe like liquor goes, Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as beer goes, it was pretty limited. Um, You know, just typical Bud Budweiser, Bud Light, Coors Light. I think that was really all they had on tap. But Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, I got to spend spend a few hours on a on a really big boat and. You know, couldn't wait to get off off of the boat. <laughs> now, mind you, I I love spending time on the water. I you know I don't get seasick or anything like that. It was just it was boring. Yeah. Uh, so it was either you either drank the whole time or you went and played in the casino, and it was like, eh, neither 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 of our uh, favorite things to do. But hey, it was an experience. Uh, we decided to stay in in that area and then travel up to a. Uh, town in Florida called Titusville and Titusville holds a brewery called Playa Linda Brewing Company and uh, if you guys saw the pictures that I posted up uh, 
during our visit, it was pretty neat because it, it used to be an old um, hardware store, or at least this one location used to be a hard uh, hardware store. And it had a really cool just uh, atmosphere to it. It was very fr- uh, family friendly. So there were some kids in there. They had a bunch of games. So we you know, played Connect Four and Guess Who and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I was sitting there drinking beer. Um, but they had some really, really good beers. Um, and in in styles or or certain beers that maybe I don't get a lot, uh, but I try them to try them. Uh, and this time I was very pleasantly surprised because one of the beers that I got was called their mildly rye. Oh, and um, I don't always like rye in my beer. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I kind of have to be in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was done very, very well. Uh, it was like the name says it's a mild rye. So it wasn't like a big spicy hit in the beer. Um, and it was really good to just kind of sip on that while, you know, while we were playing some games and kind of just enjoying a lazy Sunday afternoon. Uh, so that, that mildly rye though, I ended up giving a, a four cap rating to. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so we did end up getting a flight and some extra stuff, brought some beer home. They had a, a peach sour uh, that I wanted to bring home and um, got a crowler of that. But then also they had a spruce uh, IPA called just the tip. <laughs> oh, just the tip. <laughs> and, and I couldn't turn down the beer just because of the name. And then I found out it was a spruce, uh, IPA and I went, okay, uh, these, these are kind of hit or miss with me as well, because, you know, sometimes the spruce can be just so overwhelming. It tastes like you're chewing on the, uh, the car air freshener. Yeah. 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 Um, this one was, this one was done very well also um so much so they got four and four and a quarter caps from me oh, on nice. untapped and it was one of those beers where I, I took a sip and i was really pleasantly surprised with it and i took another sip and i was like oh this, this is really good and by the time i knew it my glass was empty yeah so um moving on to some of the other stuff we had a um they had a couple of beers on casks. They had a coffee blonde on cask. Oh, nice. Uh, that, that was really good. It was The coffee was subtle, um, and, it, and it was kind of cool just to, to see people um, kind of gawking over the beer engine mm-hmm. and people going, uh, excuse me, my beer's kind of warm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the lady behind the bar was like, yeah, that's because it's on cask, and this is how it is, and would you like something else? And um, so it was, it was kind of interesting to see that because there was quite a wide variety of people in there, um, you know, all different ages, all different demographics. And it was just, like I said, it was just kind of a, a good family friendly atmosphere. And apparently they serve some really good food there too. They also have a second location, um, that is a restaurant, uh, that we didn't get the chance to go to. But, um, once we, once we finished our stop here at, at Playa Linda, we uh, headed home. Uh, but one of the last beers I had from them was a barrel aged barley wine. Ooh, nice. And man, was that good. Oh. Uh, we only, we got a five ounce pour of that one just because I think it was like a oh, 10% yeah. beer <laughs> and I had to drive home about two hours. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, we split that one and, uh, and headed home. But I was really pleasantly surprised cause we woke up the next morning and we were kind of like, well, I don't want to go home right now. So we went out and grabbed like, we went to Cracker Barrel and grabbed breakfast. And then 
one of my favorite things to do is just type in the word brewery in Google Maps and see what pops up and you're when you're in a new place. So that one popped up and man, I was I was very pleasantly surprised about the quality of the beer that they were putting out. So So it was a total by surprise. You never heard about this before. I had heard of Playa Linda before and I'm pretty sure I've had some of their stuff okay. just kind of it different events and things like that. But I never, it wasn't one of those breweries where I'm, where you hear like a bunch of buzz about yeah, it yeah. and, and you're like, Oh yeah, you know what? I'll make the two hour drive just to go over and check this place out. And, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of, kind of this quiet little town. And, uh, you know, there was a coffee shop right next door. Uh, they even had beer slushies. Oh yeah. Which were pretty good as well. <laughs> so, uh, you just try a little bit of everything. Wow, nice. Wow, that yeah. sounds like a great, uh, I mean, that's the way to spend a morning after. Oh, yeah. After a bad night, you had a good morning. So. Well, you know, and it was one of those things, it was like, ah, you know what, we'll never do this again. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was it was an experience. The tickets were free. Yeah. Um, it was an experience, you know, just had a night away from the house and just went and had some fun. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned the cask, and you mm -hmm. mentioned that, you know, the patrons that were drinking it may not have realized what casks meant. Do you think that, that I mean, this is something that I've noticed also is that I, a lot of times people order things not understanding what the cask really is. And you think it's the, the beer tender or the waiter's responsibility to, to at least say, hey, this is a cask. I just to let you know that are you familiar with cask? I mean, ask if whether they're familiar with cascales and understand that this is going to taste a little bit different. It's going to be a, not as carbonated because the carbonation is naturally done inside the barrel and it's going to be pumped, uh, you know, using a, a beer engine and the beer is going to be a little bit warmer than you're, you know, you're used to. Is that okay? I mean, do you think it's that, is that something that you think should be done by uh, different uh, venues or you think that the consumer themselves should be savvy enough to know what cask means. I think both. I honestly, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to decide on, yeah, the, the bar, the, the beer tender, or the bartender should tell them or no, this, you're an adult ask if you don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but on the flip side of it, you know, as, um, is if you're like, you know, you're running a business and you, you go and pour someone a beer out of a cask who maybe you've never seen that person before. Um, or, you know, they're, they're coming in and be like, I want every single IPA you have. Uh, you might want to just tell them, Hey, are, are you familiar with Cascales? Yeah. And, and then kind of describe to them if they're not just say, Hey, just want to let you know, if you want to try it real quick, we can get you a little taste of it just so, you know, if you try it and like it, cool, we'll get you a pour of it. If not, then, you know, you don't, you don't waste your time and money on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I think that, uh, I, yeah, I think that if people aren't sure about something, they should ask. And I think most people do ask. Um, it's just that it's, uh, it is frustrating that, that, uh, that people don't understand, uh, you know, what uh, cask is or nitro or, uh, you know, other, you know, sours. You know, I, I'll tell you what, the most, like when I go to Israel, and even when I was in Ireland, believe it or not, uh, you know, and I order a beer that's stronger than usual. I got some questions from the the beer tender or bartender at saying, "Hey, that's a really strong beer. You want to taste it first? Or he says, "Oh no, no, I go, no. I'm, you know, I I know what a double IPA is or a, you know, a sour is." I said, "No, it's okay. I, I I'm I'm willing to give it a shot." But I did notice that in in countries or places where people 
might be expecting a certain type of beer and they get something that's totally different from that, that it might be a shock to their system. I think maybe that's why they're more apt to identify beers that might be questionable to their patrons and maybe here in the States. So Chris, uh, again, I'm going to go ahead and talk about my new and noteworthy beers real quick. And uh, when I get to my last beer, then we can talk about that one together because we'll be mm-hmm. sharing. You know what? We're not sharing. You didn't have that on your list, but we'll share. It I didn't put it. I didn't put it on there, but we should share. It. <laughs> we should share it for sure. So, um, so yeah, I'll start it off. I'm going to say uh, uh, the first beer I'm going to talk about is a revision brewing beer. Of course, I always talk about revision. I know I'm so lame, but you know what? When when breweries make some great beer, and you're always trying the new stuff that they're putting out, you're going to have a lot of winners uh, that you're going to be drink- talking about. So. Just happens that Revision put out a, a beer that isn't their typical fare, not their typical big, juicy New England IPA type of beer. This one is called Island Waves, and it's a session IPA, which is nice for a change. Not that I'm a big fan of session IPAs because a, typically, in my opinion, session IPAs can be a little bit more lackluster in the in the IPA profile, right? They don't have that flavor, the hop, the you know extra pizzazz to it. So they're kind of lacking. But I'll tell you what, I've, I've come across some really good Session IPAs lately, and this is no uh, exception. Um, I really enjoyed this Session IPA. It had big, you know, big flavor, big tropical citrus flavor in it. But it, you know, it, it comes in at four and a half percent alcohol, and it's really nice to have a, a lower alcohol. IPA that isn't heavy. This is like a, a, a decently bodied, lighter bodied IPA that was really good and easy to drink. I mean, I could be drinking this. This could, this could be a lawnmower beer for me, right? Something that just quenches your thirst, not too heavy, but and you know, and, and is really refreshing. So uh, I recommend anyone that can try out this Revision Island Waves Session IPA, give it a shot. I liked it. I gave it four and a half cap ratings. So that's uh, how well I like that one. And then going away from independent craft beer, sorry, guys, I still do drink some of these beers that were bought, breweries that bought by Bigger Beer. And this is from 10 Barrel Brewing. Uh, I'm a sucker for Cascadian Dark Ale or Black IPA. And because there aren't very many breweries making anymore, I got to go to where I can get it. Hmm. And I got this uh, 10 Barrel 986. Cascadian Dark Ale from Tim Barrel, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it had everything that I appreciate in a black IPA. Had that roastiness, uh, but finished off with a nice hop, hop uh, bitterness and flavor to it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, four cap rating for that beer. Again, I want the black IPA to be brought back. I want people to brew this thing. I love it. Don't give up on it. I mean, get rid of the brute IPA and get bring back my <laughs> dark ale. I enjoy it much more. I tell you what, that's a style that just kind of fell off the face of the earth once we started talking about it. Yeah, I know. Well, which one, the brute or the black? The brute. So the brute is still going strong in in our area, and I again, I have been trying every single brute that comes through, and I still just can't get on board with this style. I I, I really hope it dies. To be honest with you, I just don't. <laughs> I just don't like it. I, I I mean, I I've had maybe maybe ten percent of the brute IPAs I've had. I've actually said, wow, this is actually pretty good, and and something I would drink more of. Most of them are things that I'm like. 
okay, I didn't need to have that, right? It's just, it's not memorable. And I don't know, maybe it's just my, my uh, palate is just not for the brute because uh, I hear so many people love it. Um, but yeah, I, I wish it would just go away and bring back my, my black IPA. <laughs> so okay. you can start a movement. Yeah, I'll start a movement. Okay, so my last beer I'm going to talk about, which uh, is a beer that uh, that Chris, you and I both had, and we both mm-hmm. enjoyed it, and I think we rated it pretty close to the same rating. Uh, it's from Trek Brewing. Our buddy John, Mr. John Ream, he sent Chris and I some beer mail, and he sent us his Saint. How do you say that? Saint Tierre. Uh, I would say I would Saint-Tier? say Saint Saint Tierre. Saint Tierre saison. Uh, and you know what? I'll tell you what. This was a very, very tasty Saison farmhouse mm-hmm. ale. We had a crowler of it. Yeah. So we had, you know, we drank uh, 32 ounces of this beer, and it was good all the way down to the last sip. Uh, and I, th- I think even as it warmed up even more, uh, it really took on some really great flavor. And I really enjoyed the that Saison farmhouse spiciness, you know, that that uh, that Belgian farmhouse ale spiciness that it had in there it was really really good with some coriander and and uh, and, and some great flavor how did you like this beer chris uh, you know funny enough uh the saisons and the farmhouse ales are not um styles that i will tend to go after mm-hmm. i'm not always a huge fan of them um but this one i was very surprised with just because it's uh the the flavors in it weren't too overwhelming. So yeah, like the, yeah, the flavors yeah. that, that you would get from the yeast uh, weren't, weren't too overwhelming for me at least, but it was, uh, it was really good. Megan and I actually split this one while we were watching a movie or something and uh, it turned out really good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. It, it was also, um, you know, it was, it was, it was lighter. It was like a light, it was like lighter and, and refreshing. It was a refreshing beer too, that, that really went well with the heat. Like we were going through a heat wave when I was drinking it. And so it was like a hundred degrees outside and I was sipping on this beer and I'm like, wow, this is really refreshing. You know, it had some flavors, but they weren't overwhelming. Like you, you, you said they were, they were there enough to give you that, that good flavor. Uh, and it just, uh, yeah, it went, went down well, really enjoyed it. What what'd you rate it? I gave it a four and a half cap rating, Chris. Uh, I gave it four point two five. Oh, four point two five. Say, so, hey, you know mm-hmm. what? That's still a really good score for a style you're not that fond of. So that, that says a lot. That's good. Yeah, and that that was um that was surprising to me because I I saw it when the when it came in the mail. I was like, oh, cool. You know, I'm really excited to try some Trek beer. And I'll admit, I looked it up and saw that it was a farmhouse or a saison, and I went, like, oh, I was like. <sighs> you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to try it anyway. And I was like, you know what? He sent me beer. So I just be grateful for that. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I started drinking it and I was like, Oh, this is, this is much different than I expected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think if we, uh, if I wasn't going, if I wasn't leaving for Ireland, we would have gotten maybe some, uh, black IPA. Just, but because I told him, oh, I'm getting ready to leave for Ireland for two weeks, he said, okay. So he held off until after we, I got back to send the beer. So we might have had something different. But it's okay. I was I was slightly disappointed that I didn't have his black IPA. But I've had his black IPA before. So, you know, I hadn't had his – I don't think I've had his Saison from his homebrew before. I might have. I can't remember. But 
I, I was uh, another style that I really do enjoy is a saison and farmhouse ale. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was nice to to test taste his, and I really did enjoy it. So mm, me too. All right. So what other noteworthy beers did you have? So I've had a f- some pretty good ones in the last couple of weeks. Uh, two of them came from our buddy Blake over at Corporate Ladder, mm. and uh, one was he put out another series of the dessert station beer called the intangible intangible intangible. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this was, uh, it was a, an orange citrus flavored version of it. And, um, this was pretty much like orange soda. Uh, and I really enjoyed it because what had happened is when we decided, we decided to go down there on a whim, um, and it just went down there. I think it was a Saturday afternoon. And I believe Blake told me that they, uh, one of his staff members was having an engagement party or something there. So the place was packed full of people, which I'm glad to see. Um, so we, you know, pushed through and elbowed people through to get to the bar and got, got a couple of beers. And this was one of them that I was really interested to try just because I really like his dessert station series that he's been putting out. And he did not disappoint with this one. That one got a five cap rating for me. Okay. And did they uh, use Tang? I don't know. I didn't, I, you know what? I didn't even realize that the word Tang was capitalized until I was typing <laughs> these notes. I bet they did. Yeah. I bet they did. Uh, I'll detect them and find out. Yeah. It's a good, uh, I, it, it's fitting, right? Because Tang was invented for the space race for mm-hmm. the astronauts to go, you know, into space, something they can drink, you know, they could, you know, and so, and since it's the 50th, anniversary of the man walking on the moon it, uh, it makes sense that it would be a good opportunity to take tang a staple in the uh you know uh, of that uh that generation uh, mm-hmm. of space travelers and uh, and make a beer out of it so if he did that's that's awesome yeah well i'll have to text him and find out or blake you should just be listening to the podcast and you can <laughs> message me and tell me um but yeah, it was really, it was uh, kind of warm and humid that day, just like every day here in Florida. Uh, but it was nice being able to drink that. It was really refreshing. Uh, it was, and it was lightly carbonated and it was just, it was just good to sit outside and just talk to, we, we just struck up conversations with a handful of different people. So I uh, had that one and had one called the uh, boys in blue with cherry. So I didn't get the full details on this one other than the fact that it was delicious. Mm. Um, so it was another sour type uh, beer that I gave four and a half caps to. Wow, nice! Um, you're you're so a sour I, freak now. You love sours. It, yeah the the <laughs> the Ber- <laughs> the Berliners are still sitting up there, uh, especially when it gets really hot outside. Um, it's they've they've been kind of a go to, um, other than you know like the uh, the brewery. So happens it's Tuesday that I had the other night. Yeah, um, yeah. How come that's not on your list? Because it didn't make as high of a cut. Oh, that's true. These are all fives or four and a half. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. And then the last one that I had was called Tropic Punch Ale by Duchess Brugery. <laughs> okay, is that? Uh, yeah. Uh, I just totally. Where's the Belgian? Is that Belgian uh, brewery or? I'm not a hundred percent sure where that is, hmm. uh, but that is going to be. Uh, Sweden, Sweden. Ah, Sweden. so uh, so uh, Johan Halberg 
right in his neck of the woods. I bet he's had yeah. this beer. Is he one of the guys that's uh, checked into it? Mm, I do not know, but I this I bought this one off of Tavor. Um, <laughs> of course, a few a uh, few weeks ago, and it was, um, it was brought up as like, hey, it's just like eating the peach ring candies, and like I said earlier, peach ring is or peaches is one of my favorite uh, fruit flavors. Like in the summer, I, I I'll eat peaches all day every day. Mm. Uh, this was also a collaboration with Stillwater Artisanal too. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but this, uh, yeah, it says Tropic Punch Ale is a joint effort with nomadic brewer Brian Strumkey of Stillwater Artisanal. We brewed this sour ale with lactobacillus and let it ferment with plenty with plentiful mango, passion fruit, and peach. Sweet mm. from Sweden. But yeah, this came, this this came from. Tavor and I do not. Uh, Stephen Lilly, Kevin Argauer, Chad Lamasa have all had this. Oh wow! Wow, must be Tavor fans. They well, everybody other than Chad gave it a five cap rating. Oh. Chad gave it. Chad gave it four and a half caps. So oh he's, uh, wow, he's tough. <laughs> he's tough. <laughs> he's, Chad. Chad had this back in April of last year, and he wrote from the aroma. I was afraid it was going to be too sweet. It's not just enough sweetness to cut through the sour, quite enjoyable. Okay. So, okay. Um, I bought three bottles of this, and I'm glad there's still one left. So, oh, wow, nice. Yeah, I was I was happy to pick those up. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been some good beers in the last the last couple of weeks, and happy to say that there's some five cappers in there. Yeah, great job, great job. All right, looks like we have some great beers to talk about. We have to we have to pick a new winner for our iTunes review contest to win those set of B cups. Our buddy Ben Harris, he I guess either he's behind in his episodes or he's not listening anymore. I'm sorry. Hopefully, Ben, uh, you are listening and you're just behind. I, I have to apologize that uh, we're going to give your B cups away to someone else now because it's been uh, a month since, since you won and haven't uh, responded back. So, we went ahead and took all the iTunes reviewers again, put them into the magic spinny wheel, and Chris, you spun that wheel, and who was our lucky winner? Our lucky winner for the third set of B-Cups is Tara Carlson. All right. Congratulations, Tara and Jim, because you know what? You are going to be able to enjoy beers at the pool now. With your B cups, because I've been watching, seeing your photos of you guys having fun in the pool, drinking beer, and now you can do it with some great quality plastic glassware that uh, you'll be able to enjoy those beers with. So, congratulations, Tara and Jim. Uh, they're linked together because I think Tara submitted it, but you know they're they're together. If Jim wants to send an iTunes review too, you guys would both be entered into all the contests. That's double chances to win. Oh, good. Congratulations. Yeah, so Tara, uh, send us an email at tapthecraft at gmail.com with your, uh, with your mailing address, uh, your name, air address, city, state, zip code, so we can get those B cups out to you as soon as possible. Yeah, and these and for Minute Reality, these guys are no joke, man. As soon as we submit your, your names, they're shipping like the next day. So I'm really pleased with for Minute Reality's uh, commitment to – uh, to not only providing great products, 
but also they're they're fast shipping and and response time. They're really good. Yeah, Joel and his team are really quick about that. Okay, if you would like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft@gmail.com or on Twitter at tapthecraft. And go ahead and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft, where we post all of our show notes, our show uh, links. And, and Chris does a lot of other content, too, that is fun to play along with and, and get some good news. So do that for sure. And don't forget, we do have a voicemail number. You can call 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. To leave feedback, questions, just have your voice heard on the show. Uh, so go ahead. And if you didn't have time to go ahead and write that down real quick, don't worry. Just go into our description of the of the show you listen to right now and find the voicemail number in the description. It's in there. And I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that Chris and I are putting out, we know you'll find some other great content like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at OpenFormRadio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz. And the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various related topics. And this week, we discuss the Hard Seltzer Explosion. Yes. So I've the reason why I've, I decided to go ahead and talk about a, a non-beer-related topic uh, is because this, this uh, seltzer stuff, I thought it was going to be a, a, you know, a flash in the pan. It wasn't going to last very long. You know, it's going to come and go. But you know what? It's been going on for a, over a year now, maybe two years almost, and it seems to be getting stronger. And whether it's going to last or not, I don't know. But this one might last. I, so I want to go ahead and dig in to what is all about this seltzer, this hard seltzer, this this carbonated alcoholic water. What is what is so great about this stuff, and why is it uh, is so popular right now? So I I found a couple articles that I took some information from, and I'll just tell you what these are. I'll put them, I'll put these links in the show notes. Uh, what is Hard Seltzer? By It was found on chowhound.com, written by Amanda Bulligar. And what's fueling the rapid growth of Hard Seltzer? Uh, this is from the website 750daily.com by Kathleen Wilcox. So I'll go ahead and start off uh, the conversation here, and Chris will jump in uh, after a, a little bit, and then we'll we've got some fun stuff in here, right? We've got what this whole thing's about, why it's popular, why people might be uh, going about drinking this alternative alcoholic beverage than beer, uh, you know what it's made of, uh, and also at the end, but uh, actually in the middle, I have some some interesting ways of using this this beverage. You don't necessarily have to drink it plain. You can use it as a mixer in your drinks. So we have some recipes to go ahead and, and mix this hard seltzer with some other alcoholic beverages to make some interesting drinks. And I actually did a survey of some people to find out their experiences with hard seltzer. And of course, we'll talk about 
Chris's experience with hard seltzer too. So let's get started here. So the rise in popularity of hard seltzer has been fueled by the recent trend towards more health-conscious drinking habits and a preference for low-alcohol beverages, particularly among millennials. Ah, ah, the key, the millennial effect. Okay, so that's why the, maybe this uh, hard seltzer is, is becoming so popular is there's all these millennials are enjoy drinking it. But hey, I'm not saying that only millennials like drinking it. That's just what the article said. Hard seltzer has one of the shortest ingredients lists you'll find on any alcoholic canned beverage. It's just carbonated water, alcohol, and flavoring, says Christian McMahon, president of Was Wachusets, Wachusets, right? Wachusets Brewing Company. Yeah, Wachusets. Wachusets. Uh, maker of the Naughty Seltzer. <laughs> I like the name. <laughs> the Naughty Seltzer. While they make, while they may look like other clear carbonated alcoholic beverages you've seen in the past, such as Zima or Smirnoff Ice, there's one major difference. Most spiked seltzers are made by fermenting simple sugars rather than malt. Interesting. Hmm. So they're, uh, I mean, they said most, not all of them, because there are some that are, are using malts, but a lot of them are using simple sugars, so things that will ferment out very fast and very easily and leave, leave very little of those sugars left in, uh, in, the, in the finished uh, beverage. Uh, these carbonated water-based ready-to-drink cocktails, which are made either from malted barley or fermented sugar, typically clock in around 100 calories or less per serving, compared to the heavier beers, wines, or cocktails that have a range between 100 and 400 calories per serving. They are low in alcohol, anywhere between 45 to 6% ABV. They, most of them are gluten-free. Uh, again, the ones that are made with simple sugars are gluten-free. The ones with malt um, won't necessarily be gluten-free, but they'll normally be gluten-reduced for sure. Uh, they are low in sugar content, so they may lead to less painful hangovers. Now, may. That's a big key there. They may <laughs> lead to less painful hangovers. That's only one way to find out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether they're made with real fruit juice or natural flavors such as fruit essences, there are plenty of juice-sounding options to choose from, like lemon-lime, grapefruit, pineapple, cherry, black cherry, blueberry, pomegranate, and cranberry. They're great sipped on their own or added to cocktails, like a simple vodka soda for a twist on the traditional flavor. All right. Hmm. So, Chris, let's continue on. Yeah, so pricing is going to vary on these, but hard seltzers are usually cheaper than craft beer and definitely less expensive than a mid-range bottle of wine or spirits. You're looking at about $14 to $16 for a 12-pack. That's pretty damn cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I paid $14 or $16 for a four-pack of beer the yeah, other day. exactly. exactly. Uh, hard seltzers' widespread popularity, appeal, and potential have not gone unnoticed by beverage alcohol brands. It hit the market in 2013 with Bon and Vive, Vive spiked seltzer, and the category has been taking ever-increasing portions of market share ever since. Many see an opportunity to take the trend into a slightly more sophisticated artisanal direction. Sales of hard seltzer have exceeded $585 million for the 52-week period that ended on March 23rd, 2019. This represents approximately 1.4% 
of the total beer slash flavored malt beverage slash cider market. <laughs> a lot of slashes. That's a, yeah. That's, that, that puts a lot of that's a lot of beverages together. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in dollar sales, the category grew 185 percent compared to a year ago, while unit sales grew 196 <laughs> percent. Anheuser-Busch acquired Bon and Viv Sparked Seltzer in 2016. Boston Beer Company has truly spiked and sparkling. Constellation Brands has Svedka spiked premium seltzer. Diageo has Smirnoff spiked sparkling seltzer. Mark Anthony Group has White Claw. Oscar Blues has Wild Basin. And Miller Coors has Henry's Hard Sparkling. Oh, I just realized awesome. it said Wild Basin. I was thinking. What did you say? Bison. It was wild bison. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've been thinking about wild bisons. <laughs> isn't that a isn't that like a whiskey? <laughs> wild bison whiskey. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, that's Buffalo okay. Trace. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, All right. So that's the down and dirty about these hard seltzers. I, I mean, I guess they've been around since 2013. Who knew six years they've been around? But now, within the last year, they're really starting to pick up momentum and uh, becoming a a fad. Or are they going to stick around? Who knows? We don't. We don't, don't know. know. But, but I'll tell you what: there are a ton of breweries, uh, you know, putting out the, their own versions of hard seltzers. I mean, there's a lot of I, I've seen hard seltzers on menus uh, at a lot of you know local breweries. So, I mean, there may be who knows hundreds of of craft independent craft breweries mm -hmm. trying their hand at this seltzer thing. So if it starts to boom and now instead of being hundreds you start to have you know half of the the seven thousand uh, independent craft breweries doing seltzer also that could be a that could mean a lot but i don't know if it's going to get that crazy uh, because one inter interesting thing when i was doing my research i didn't put this into our notes but i'll just talk about it off the top of my head here is that seltzer this hard seltzer uh it's not easy to master it takes some time to really fine-tune your process to get the thing to taste the way you want it to taste. And that was interesting because I thought, oh, okay, it's got to be, it's only water uh, and sugar and yeast. You ferment it out and you bottle it and now you got your, your product, right? You got your carbonation from the yeast eating the sugars. The sugars are, are, are making the alcohol. The sugars are eaten out. So you add some fruit in there to give you some flavors. And now you got a flavored, you know, alcoholic, bubbly drink. I guess it's a lot harder than just that simple. That, that that process seems simple, but to master it, it really takes you know a, a good uh, a good brewer or a good uh, fermenter or whatever a good a good uh, cook to cook the stuff mm -hmm. up. So that that was interesting. Did you guys uh, a couple of years ago? Did you see much of the hard water? No, come come to your area. As we we saw that a little bit there, were, I know there were a few breweries around us that was that were making hard water, uh, and it was basically this. It was just um, you know kind of a fruit flavor, like a fruit essence water, kind of like you know Lacroix with booze mm -hmm. in it. That's kind of how I look at these, um, and if I feel like they disappeared as fast as they showed up, yeah. but yeah. then looking at this, I'm I'm kind of glad that they specified that. You know, it's not, this is not the same as like Zima or Smirnoff ice yeah, or, yeah. or things like that because they're using the simple sugars instead of using malts for, for the, uh, for, for the yeast food. Mm -hmm. Um, because I actually saw a meme or something the other day that was 
Oh, no, no. I posted that. Yeah, you on our posted Facebook it on our page. page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it was just it was Scooby-Doo pulling the uh, the mask off of the bad guy of the, the bad guy was one of these uh, like white claw hard seltzers and they pulled it off and it was a bottle of Zima. Yeah. Of it. And I was like, <laughs> that makes so much sense. I didn't even think about it. And then now that they specify it in this article, it, it makes a, it, it makes it a lot more easy to understand because uh, I what I told you before we started recording, I actually had one of these hard seltzers on uh, on the casino boat mm-hmm. while we were there and come to find out just in this article, I didn't realize that the one that I had was from Boston Beer Company. I oh. had the truly, truly spiked and sparkling, the uh, the lime version, and which to me, if uh, if I'm drinking like a sparkling water or something like that, I, I really like the lime flavor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, well let's get, let's get one of those. They were like five or six bucks. And I was like, cool, let's give it a shot. And, uh, I liked it. Uh, but it, it had almost like a, there was a sweet aftertaste to it. It was almost like if you drink something with an artificial sweetener in it, yeah, yeah. that it, that it was just kind of, uh, it kind of stuck around a little too long. Yeah. It was a little, little, yeah, kind of oh, stuck around on your palate. Yeah, almost like yeah, artificial sweetener, like uh, yeah, like when you had uh, saccharin or, mm-hmm. or some kind of a sweetener that yeah would stick around and aftertaste. Interesting, interesting, good. Yeah, I did. You know what? I I would probably drink more of them though. Okay, if so it, you didn't yeah. hate it then? You didn't mm-hmm. hate it? No, and it, it it would be something good um, if like if we were just kind of hanging out by the pool. Um, you know, the beer I'm drinking right now is like. 7.6% and like maybe I just wanted to have a refreshing beverage out by the pool and maybe not crack open a whole bottle of uh you know this IPA or get into you know get into a 16 ounce can of you know some Berliner from Hidden Springs or something yeah, maybe yeah. just to mix it up <laughs> yeah um and I gotta say I'm, I'm proud of myself I, I held off the uh, last I don't know six cans that they released I did not go get any <laughs> you're good job good job I'm proud I'm proud of me <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, I would try these I would try a little more of these um uh, just I think it's going to be one of those things where you have to try this brand and try this brand yeah or try that brand just to kind of figure out hey which one has kind of that uh, you know, less artificial taste to it. Yeah. Yeah. Find the one that works for you. It has the mm-hmm. flavors you like and doesn't have the after effects that you don't like. That's good. All right. So as you mentioned, Chris, uh, you've tried some of these seltzers and I I was going to try to to try some of these before we recorded just so I had something that I could speak to, you know, myself. But um, honestly, I haven't. I haven't tried any. And, um, and I think the main reason is because I've I've got to a point in my life that I don't drink to get drunk. Uh, I drink for the the flavor, and I it, I drink because I, I I enjoy what I'm drinking. And this sparkling hard seltzer water stuff to me feels like it's just something that you just want to get drunk with, right? You, it's something that's light light flavored and you know has a bit of a kick, and you can chug these things and and get drunk quick. Maybe that's why the millennials like them because it's, you know, it, it's you can drink a bunch, feel the effects without getting the extra calories you have to go burn off at the gym, you know, the next day. So that's kind of maybe one reason why something that's lightly flavored uh, and just alcoholic is not something I want to spend my alcohol uh, coins on, right? You know, I, 
if I give hmm. myself so many tickets for, for drinking alcohol, I don't want to waste it on something that I'm not truly going to enjoy. And that's probably why I, I, I haven't, uh, you know, dove into this thing. Now, with that being said, I am going to try some of these hard seltzers. And the brand that I'm going to try, uh, which I found is available locally at one of the stores here in, in a Boise area, is the Oscar Blues Wild Basin. And they call their 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 rest their uh, water. It's called boozy sparkling water. Is what they call it. Uh, and I and the reason why is because for one thing, I like Oscar Brew, Oscar Blues. Man, I'm 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 starting to, to misspeak now. But I like Oscar mm-hmm. Blues beer. I like what they stand for. I like the fact that they they have their own little collect collective of of breweries that they're trying to to make into a bigger regional. Uh, footprint to you know I, I appreciate that they make their own uh, recipe you know their uh, uh, sparkling water that or boozy hard seltzer that uh, is interesting right they have some interesting flavors or, or uh, you know that that aren't the normal flavors and they also provide a bunch of recipes on their website for mixing these with other alcohol and uh, you know make, making cocktails out of and that's where I find that this is most intriguing for me is to use these as the mixer for your other alcoholic beverages to make a, a better drink, right? So that's what we're going to talk about now is some of these recipes. Now they have a bunch of recipes. I picked off like I picked out like like six of the recipes that I thought were really interesting that I would like to try. Just to kind of highlight Oscar Blues Wild Basin. They're 100 calories each, gluten free. There's zero grams of sugar, one carb, one gram of carb, five percent alcohol. You know they're they're pretty much the standard. Uh, you know what we what we've talked about with these hard seltzers with a little bit extra kick. They are five percent versus four four and a half. Uh, so I'll go ahead and start with the first three recipes. Chris, I'll let you take the next three. Uh, and the first one that kind of appeals to me is called the Le Orange. I think it's what it's called. El Orange. La Orange. La Orange. La Orange. There we go. And this is taking one ounce of vodka, one ounce of Aperol, one ounce of orange juice, a quarter ounce of lemon juice, a, a half ounce of simple syrup with four ounces of a wild basin lime seltzer. Hmm. Uh, again, lime is going to be a key. I mean, I think, like you said, Chris, lime, a lot of people like lime, regular lime sparkling water. And so when you add lime, Hard sparkling, I think that's a good and and lime goes with a lot of drinks, right? You you know gin and tonic, for example. I'm I'm most likely going to have a gin and tonic with with one of the lime, uh, and I'm kind of scared because when I drink my gin and tonic, my gin and tonic is three quarters gin, quarter tonic. So if I have three quarters gin and a quarter of hard seltzer, that's a lot of alcohol that I'm I'm partaking uh-huh. in. But uh, yeah, that seems pretty pretty interesting. So the next one is a no brainer, right? The margarita, and I actually, you know, at the at the end, I'm going to talk about uh, me. I did a, I, I talked to some people, and asked around about how if people have had these hard seltzers, what they think about it, and what you know what their experiences were. I'll talk about that at the end of the of this segment. But the one key thing is the two the two people that talked about using these as mixers, they both used them for margaritas, and they say they make a really nice mix for a margarita. So margarita seems like a uh, a no-brainer. They say use two ounces of Respato, res, 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 
<laughs> Reposado tequila. Reposado tequila. Yeah, I, I'm having trouble <laughs> speaking. Uh, one ounce of lime juice, uh, three quarters ounce of orange liqueur, a quarter ounce of agave syrup, and four ounces of wild basin lime. So uh, this is something that I'll, you know, I wouldn't mind trying uh, on on the rocks, of course, right? You want that on the rocks. It mm-hmm. sounds it sounds really good. I think I might make that myself. And also that that first one uh, sounds pretty good too. It's something I wouldn't mind making. And then the last one I'm going to talk about is the Fresca Blanca. This is two ounces of tequila, white tequila, Blanco tequila, uh, a three-quarters ounce lime juice, uh, three cucumber slices, two mint sprigs, and four ounces of wild basin lime. Now, I love mint in some, you know, like a good mojito with mint in there. Man, it's, it's really good. So I, I can appreciate mint. I also love cucumber. So the cucumber sounds interesting, and and I'm not a big fan of white tequila. Uh, I like the the darker aged tequila better. But again, I typically like to sip my tequila. Uh, if I'm mixing it in something, I don't really care. I'll go with cheap uh, white tequila if I'm mixing it in something. Not not too too concerned. So yeah, that's the one that I wouldn't mind trying too. All right, Chris, what's the next few? The next one is going to be the sugar plum, which. They were, they're asking for an ounce of tequila blanco or white tequila, uh, one ounce of grapefruit juice, a half ounce of grenadine, four ounces of wild basin lemon agave hibiscus. There you go. That's, See, there's, there's a unique uh, flavor there, huh? <laughs> and then uh, one each lemon twist for a garnish. Um, the next one is going to be the last train to Jalisco, which is going to be, again, another ounce of uh, tequila blanco, uh, a half ounce of Aperol, which I'm not exactly sure what Aperol is. It sounds like something you put on your sore muscles. A <laughs> <laughs> um, half ounce of maraschino liqueur, a half ounce of lemon juice, and two dashes of orange bitters. And then the Dale Collins. That, that must be Tom's uh, stepbrother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Two ounces of rye whiskey, uh, three-quarter ounces of lemon juice, three-quarter ounces of simple syrup, two dashes of bitters, and four ounces of wild basin lemon lemon agave hibiscus. Uh, Again, on that one, that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, And then three uh, orange wheels for garnish on that one. Yeah. So I looked up Aperol. Uh, It's a classic Italian bitter made of uh, gentian, rhubarb, and sin... Kona. I'm not a very good enunciator, but uh, uh, yeah, it's a vibrant orange hue. Uh, Pours popular summer name comes from the Italian slang word for aperitif, which okay. is apparel. Yeah. yeah, so it's a bitter. Okay, so there's some recipes. Now, there's more recipes on their website, and I'm sure you can find other recipes other breweries are providing for their, you know, versions of their, their, uh, hard seltzer but these are ones i thought were interesting uh something that would be easy for anyone to put together now again it, you can substitute some of these things for other ingredients but you can get the general gist of what what to do with it and yeah i kind of liked it so to finish off this topic i before i even came up with the well, i i came up and and wrote up this uh this little segment i went around and asked different people uh, some were my friends, some were strangers, you know, but most of them were friends of mine from different 
you know, some were from work, some were, you know, from different things I, I do outside of work. And some was like was a, a complete stranger in the store. I was just curious. Uh, I asked six people. Uh, three of them were women. Three of them were men. I wanted to keep it even. I wanted to see how the women uh, liked this hard seltzer versus the men. And I wanted to find out if, if it was universal, everyone likes it, or just maybe one side or the other. So I, I asked some questions, and I, I wanted to get their uh, their opinions. So uh, so of the six people I asked, all of them have the most experience drinking White Claw brand. Now, this is probably because White Claw is the one that's most prevalent in the Boise area. Uh, White Claw is everywhere. I don't see the other ones. Uh, they might be out there, but I just haven't seen them in the stores I visit. But I think White Claw is in universally around most of the, the easy-to-access stores. So that's the ones that most people had experience with. Now, Chris, you had the actual Boston beer one, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit different. And you and you came, you said that one maybe had a weird uh, finish to it. Now, the weird sweet finish wasn't it. That was mentioned by other people too. Said that they came across sweet, which is odd because. They specifically say that they don't, they aren't sweet because the sugars come out of it. But what can add the sweetness or the the sense of sweetness is the f- fruit essence or the fruit juices that are added to it. So maybe the essences that they're putting in has some other sweetness to it that's making that fake sweet uh, finish. Maybe I'm just guessing. So I asked three women and three men, and I found out that the women, all three of them, really didn't like hard seltzer by itself. They didn't want to drink it. By itself, which is interesting because I was under the impression that this was kind of one of those drinks that maybe was uh, offered for for women that don't necessarily like beer. Now I know that a lot of women nowadays are really enjoy beer. I'm not saying that all women don't like beer, but for those that still don't like the taste of beer, this was something that I was thinking it was an alternative that they could have something uh, fizzy. And beer like in a can that could be, you know, taken to the beach, taken, you know, out and about, and, and they can still feel like they're part of the crowd without having to open, you know, pop a bottle of wine and, and, and drink it or whatever. So, so it was interesting to find out that the women don't really like this. Um, they said it was lacking flavor or came across too sweet from the fruit juice added. Uh, one woman said she actually got a worse headache drinking hard seltzer than drinking craft beer. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I wonder if that was off of one instance, though. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go into detail on how often. They just said, "Yeah, actually, it actually gives." They, she said, "It actually gives me a worse headache than when I'm drinking beer." But is that because she drank six of them and she'd only drink two? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go into details, but she was thirsty. Yeah, yeah. I, I again, just take this. This is a impromptu, not official. Uh, you know, it's just something that I just asked people as I came across them. I didn't have a form or anything to have them fill out. I just kind of sparked up conversation and asked and, and got people's opinions. Uh, two of the women said the hard self seltzer, this is funny. Hard seltzer is often brought along by men with craft beer or domestic lagers with the intention that the women will drink it. So there, so men are going and picking up, you know, a case of, uh, or, or 12 pack of, of Coors Light and, uh, you know, a 12 pack of this hard seltzer thinking that here, Coors Light for the men, the hard seltzer for the women. But guess what? In reality, the men end up drinking all the hard seltzer, leaving the Coors Light in the cooler for the women. And that is two different people gave me the same type of scenario, totally separate from each other, like totally don't even know each other, had the same experience, which I thought 
was very funny that this is like, you know, something that happens. It seems like they, you know, they bring this stuff for the w women, quote, women to drink, and then the men actually in end up enjoying it and drinking more of it for whatever reason. Any idea on why that would be, Chris? Um, I wouldn't really know. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't know either. And I'm just going to say this. One of the, one of the women came, came out and said, well, yeah, it, I, you know, it makes me question what kind of men these guys are. I'm just saying that, you know, that, that, that would choose this hard seltzer over drinking, you know, real beer. So I thought it was kind of funny. Um, uh, let's see. Two of the men, two of the three men, uh, admitted they actually enjoyed drinking the hard seltzer. Uh, the third man said it had no taste and he would drink anything other than a seltzer. So w two of them actually liked it. One said, "No way, this is this is not for me. Uh, I don't even, I don't like it." So that that was that was that. And two of the women said they loved mixing the hard seltzer with other alcohol, but it was the only way they enjoyed drinking it. So out of the six people, two. I'm trying to I'm trying to get the age group right i would say three of them three of them were in the millennial age group the other three were were older than the millennial age group so i you know, i questioned uh you know three three people that were actually in the uh, the age group that seems to really be uh enjoying the hard seltzer and three that were like older not as old as i am but uh, older than uh, you know in their in their late 30s early 40s so yeah so that's my uh my my little question uh to find out from other people what is all about what this hard seltzer stuff is all about and whether it's really as uh you know as enjoyable as as the industry is making it out to be and i wonder with my little impromptu non-official survey uh, it doesn't seem like this is that big of a of a trend that's going to stick around right it's it's it's, it's going to peak i think and it's going to probably end up collapsing like zima and the other Smirnoff Ice and all those other things, you know, Twisted Tea, uh, Mike's even Mike's Hard Lemonade, right, uh, are are really not selling as much as they did back, you know, ten years ago. I mean, these things come and hit their peaks and then they start to falter back down. I think this is probably going to be one of those things that's going to hit a peak and then start to die down uh, in the near future, probably. All right, anything else on this uh, topic, Chris? Mm, go and try them. Go and try it. Okay, go and try it. I, I will go, go and, and try it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up a variety pack. I want to try all those wild basin uh, varieties they have. It, they had some interesting right. flavors. I want to try, and I'm gonna try mixing them with my other alcohol and see if I can come up with something that's enjoyable there. Also, yeah, I'm actually interested in and in maybe mixing it with some other alcohol as well because, like I said, I I just had one. It was just kind of a whim, and yeah. it just it sounded good at the time, and. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see what it would be like as a mixer. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris, guess what? We have a reasonably length show this episode. We are reasonably length. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Your length is reasonable. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad we didn't drag on for two hours. We're going to be right around an hour and a half, which is a good length. I think I like that, that, that time frame. So before we close this show out, Chris, it is the opportunity to go ahead and raise a glass to some people you'd like to raise a glass to. So who would you like to raise a glass to tonight? 
Well, I'm kind of going to piggyback onto one of yours. Is I, I would love to just raise a glass and say a huge thank you to John Ream. Thank you, buddy, for sending out that crowler. Uh, the beer was delicious and a very welcome surprise. So thank you very much. All right. Is that it? That is it. Okay. Well, I second that. Uh, John, thank you very much for sending out the beer. We really appreciate it. Yeah, send more if you can. <laughs> but uh, And we'll keep talking about it on the show because uh, it was good. I really appreciate it. I also need to raise my glass to Kevin and Amanda Argar for their beer meal. Beer meal. Beer mail they sent to my daughter Haley. Uh, they sent her a six-pack. After listening to the show she was on, we talked about Brownell and how much she enjoys Brownell. They they had to go and get their favorite, Amanda's favorite uh, Brownell, six-pack of it, and send it to her, to her apartment. And she received it last week. And while I was there, I got to try some too. So I, I really appreciate them uh, taking the time and really uh, appreciating, you know, Haley's uh, time she spent on the show. And, and, and they wanted to provide their favorite brown ale for her to try. And we did it. We enjoyed it. So thank you very much. Uh, and also my beardsmith, Kevin Osborne. I raised my glass to Kevin because he is always talking about our podcast to all his beer drinking clients and passing on our business card to them and getting them to listen. I really appreciate it, Kevin. Cheers to you and to your lovely wife and family. And Haley and Davis go for uh, brewing up great beer and providing fantastic experience at Jim Dandy Brewing in Pocatello. I recommend everyone go out to Jim Dandy, experience it for yourself. You will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. And of course, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass to all those who are currently serving and who have served in the U.S. military services. Thank you for your service and return turn home safely to your families soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a cheers out to our sponsors? Absolutely. I want to raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S. .net, or you can go check out the other things that they have going on at fermentedreality.com and go check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some boating, bee cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. Also check out our friends at Tavor. You can use the promo code TAPTHECRAFT, which is all one word, and they'll give any new user a $10 credit after they spend $25. Nice. Nice. All right. You can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram and untapped at loose screw and Chris, how can our listeners follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And of course you can always find me on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right. It's last call time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading, listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and of course subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers.
your com- your computer would like some Cascadian dark ales. Yes, it would like some Cascadian dark ales. You know my computer well. 